Hello, Queen. How are you today? I am so delighted, so excited to just pour love into you. I want you to know how special you are, how important you are, and no matter what you are going through right now, and if you are possibly thinking any form of a low vibe thought about that you don't have what it takes, that you don't matter, that it's never going to work out for you, I just want to love you out of that because what you are about to listen to and experience in today's episode, it's just going to, you're going to see yourself and my guest, you're going to remember that this too shall pass and you are going to remember your greatness, your importance, and that you absolutely more than matter and that the best is coming your way. Your best life is in front of you. All right. So if you do not know today's guest, you are about to meet Marshawn Evans Daniels. Okay, this queen, this beautiful superstar has, oh, where do I even begin? I mean, she's a, a new friend of mine, but it like immediate soul sister. And you're going to experience that in her also. I mean, she just is the full package in, in every way. And I love how unapologetic she is about it. You know, this is a woman who you're going to really get it. You're going to hear the depth in her. She has done her work. You know, there's a lot of stuff floating around about personal development and spirituality and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, having been on the path for as long as I have, I, I can spot truth. And this woman is so full of truth. And I just want you to soak up everything that you are about to experience. So if you do not already know Marshawn, she is a reinvention strategist and first generation millionaire who mentors women around the world to live bolder. She calls herself a serial entrepreneur. She's a TV personality and the creator of Godfidence, love that, uh, the Godfidence movement and founder of She Profits. She helps women turn ideas into income and faith into action. A former Miss America finalist. I mean, who gets to say that? Not to mention pro sports attorney and competitor on The Apprentice. She's a graduate of Georgetown University Law Center and is admitted to the Supreme Court. She's the author of the best-selling book, Believe Bigger. And let me tell you, I have been devouring it. It's like the opening chapter is like a movie. You've got to, we talk about it in this episode, but you've got to get this book. She's the mother of triplets. If you're not following her on Instagram, you must. We'll have all the links in the show notes. I mean, and her her just beautiful husband at her side. It's just, their whole family is just such a delight to watch. But you are about to listen to some serious transformation, inspiration, and truth coming your way, sister. You can't script it and you don't have to because God's a much better author. But he does require us to believe bigger than what we've been through. And that's why I wrote Believe Bigger. People look at it as kind of like a business catalyst, but it's literally just about stepping into who God made you to be. My landscape and playground like yours, Gina, has been the business world. I do believe that every woman has a massive empire inside of her. We just haven't been trained to understand and know that was our identity from the beginning. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, 
you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Marshawn, 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 welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I am at the edge of my seat for this conversation, one that I've been wanting to have with you for so long. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I have been an admirer of your work. And as we were kind of pre-chatting just a little bit, you're like, we got to hit the play button. We got to start because it was so isolating in the beginning to feel like, you see faith and you see business not as two different worlds, but as one. Mm-hmm. And so I wish I had known you a decade ago, but I'm glad that we get to meet each other for this next decade. Oh. And I'm excited about our conversation too, but I also want to start by honoring you and your, I don't even, I think the word work doesn't really comprise it, but definitely your mission. It's not easy to carry a big mission and to be brave enough to step into it, to cultivate it and to continue it. So I just want to honor and celebrate you for that. Oh my goodness. What a generous soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I received that. And yes, I think then we'll we'll just dive right in where, where I feel like we're so aligned is that there doesn't any longer need to be a separation between our business, our faith, our ministry, and, and, and really combining it all. And I think that more than ever, women are just like, I just want to be my full self and, and, but are, are still tiptoeing around that being okay. Yeah. So let's just for the, the, I'm just going to do this for the sake of a little bit of podcast stuff. And then we're going to dive in <laughs> this book of yours, sister. Oh, you have it. Oh, oh gosh. Got it. Read it. Highlighted constantly. Oh. I mean, give all the links below, but I think that there's so much that you and I could talk about. The thing that is really in my heart today is so many women are suffering silently and it's not just from 2020 and it's not just from covid and it's not just from everything that was going on socially there's all of that plus the real heartaches of um i've had two clients where their one husband one partner died unexpectedly and they're they're finding themselves picking up the pieces other people are you're having different parts of their lives just crumble and you are no stranger to having the life crumble, but you are one of the rare ones that just have risen. Um, talk about beauty from ashes. So why don't we just take a couple steps back for anyone who doesn't know your story about where the book began and then we'll get into where you are today. Sure. Yeah. You know, you say that people are going through so much and we're also kind of suffering in silence. I think the biggest thing we're suffering from is broken identity. Say more. And, you know, we live in a world right now where everything looks great, right? But if everything sounds alike, then there's really no sound at all. Mm-hmm. So you see on social media, wow, everyone's website looks the same. Everyone's pictures look the same. And the thing that the Holy Spirit's really been talking to me about recently is the idea that we are a blueprint, not a reprint. Mm. And what we're seeing so much of is reprinting because we're taking somebody else's revelation, their courage, their adventure, and their creation and saying, oh, I can do that too. 
as opposed to having the discipline to go in pursuit of God, what does he have for me? But we can't do that if we don't understand that we're actually already a unique expression of an idea of God. We actually represent God's identity and his DNA. So none of us should look alike. There's room for all of us because God is the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega. There is literally a limitlessness to him. And therefore, if he's in us, in us as well. And so there's a lot that we're going through, but it doesn't mean we're not well able. It just means we're not well equipped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not well equipped, number one, because no one taught us about actual born identity. So we've settled for our formed identity. And then we go to reprint other people's identity because we never figured out our own. And that kind of takes me to the book, Belief Bigger, and why I wrote this. So I am known as a business girl. And when people look at the company that I built, that was a multi-million dollar company, faith-focused, Bible-centric, and they would think that, and also because I focused on branding, especially when I got started in the whole professional coaching type of space. It's very superficial when you think about, oh, what's your colors and what's your messaging and how do you present yourself? And people think, but think that that's the secret and that maybe I sprinkle a little Jesus here and there, like I sprinkle a little God here and there. And what I wanted people to understand and what I saw in working with women in the trenches day in and day out for 10 years is that abundance truly is an inside job. But the inside job isn't just about being able to manifest more money. It's about understanding your relevancy to the kingdom to begin with. And the reason that people don't step into what they desire is ultimately because of their inability to believe at the level of creation. Now, people will call it mindset, but it's a whole, it's a bigger thing. So I wrote Believe Bigger to talk, to tell the truth about what does it really mean to step into your purpose. It's not just about a pretty website. It's not just about turning your passion into profit and these fancy phrases. This is about what is it that is required of me as a woman to become what heaven actually needs? Like, what does it require? Because I've looked in the eyes and I know you've experienced this too. You see people with high potential, with great spiritual anointing, but they stay stuck and the people with less do more. (laughs) Why is that? So my journey into where I'm in, I am today in the short version started in 2009. I was engaged to be married. And at the time, I was running a sports agency, managing NFL and NBA players. I had started it at 27 years old. It became the fastest growing woman on sports agency in less than a year. My first client was the highest paid defensive in an NFL. Um, he assigned a $62 million seven-year deal. Now, as a business chick, I know that a good client is one who can't afford to pay you. So that was a good client. Um, And so I had the thought at the time that all of my faithfulness to God had paid off. I had waited to have sex to get married. So I've waited and I find my Prince Charming and I'm like, this is worth the wait. He's got three children that I'm now bonus mama to. He's successful. My company is doing well in my sports agency. I'm on television. I had been on the show, The Apprentice. Now. In 2021, that does not have the same impact it did 16 years ago. It did that. We're all watching. It was the 30 million people were watching every week. It was the first business reality show. It was pre the celebrity version. So you were on for your business acumen and they pick one black woman out of a million people that apply. They pick one. So I have pride in 
the representation that I held in, in being that person. But so I had all of these experiences. I'm doing sports commentary. I got my athletes on television. I'm teaching myself this because no one teaches you branding or business in law school. I'm a year out of school, by the way, really young. And I meet this Prince Charming all as well, I think. And I decide to close my business down for love. And, you know, there's a lot of head trash that I had around thinking that because of what women had told me over the years. Well, you're a business girl. You're successful. You don't really want children, do you? And that had internalized in my heart that maybe I'm not the type of woman who would get to experience that side of life. Because why would so many women, old and young, peers and mentors, why would so many people say it to me time and time again? What I know now, and this is a side note, I believe that women who have massive calling trigger smallness in other people. So for those of you listening and you felt like people continually dim or question your ambition, your desires, your dreams, and that's probably been happening to you since you were a child, it's because this the magnitude of your calling doesn't wait for your age. It doesn't wait for you to grow up. But people don't know how to harness it or t- take it, and it does shine an area of insecurity. But I didn't understand any of that. So I meet this man. I got this ready-made family. I've got this great business, and I'm like, this is what I've waited for. Family was actually always more important to me than success. So I close it down. It's a Monday morning before a Saturday wedding. And I find out that Monday morning, mind you, the dress is paid for. The venue is taken care of. We have a cake taste testing appointment that afternoon. Thousands of flowers had been ordered. I mean, the amount of money we as women can spend on flowers that are going to last 24 hours is quite phenomenal. You want to talk about <laughs> Love will make you do some things. <laughs> but um, so that Monday morning, I'm getting up and um, I find out that my fiance, I won't give them all the details because it's in the book. But um, and then there has to be a movie coming. I mean, the way you wrote this, the way you wrote this, just tell me, just give me a sneak peek that there's a movie coming. I'm going to stand in agreement with you saying that because that's one of the things that we I've been working on with this company, like literally right now. So I'm like, okay, God, from it your, from extra lips to your ear. A movie ladies. It is, it is, you will not be able to put it down. Don't start reading this at nine o'clock at night. Trust. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Thank you so much. Yes, um, but I do find out that Monday before a Saturday wedding that my fiance is cheating on me. And mind you, I've closed my business down. I've transferred all my NFL and NBA clients to other representation This is not like I had a plan B. I believed that faith and love was going all the way in. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have an alternative. I wasn't protecting my heart. I wasn't guarding my heart. That was his job when he proposed. And it's one thing to be dropped. It's another thing when the person who is supposed to catch you is the very person who drops you. And all of the details and, and the way it was done just add insult to injury. It's yeah, it, it was beyond like my heart. Like I was crying, my heart was broken for you. Like I was just, I got, I got angry. It got almost flew to Chicago myself. Like I mean, all things. <laughs> Instant sister, she was about ready to ride. She's like, let's roll up. <laughs> Let's key some cars. Don't think now. Let me stay. Let me not get it twisted for anybody. I had those moments. I have my girlfriends that are my prayer circle and they were like, do we need to get on a plane? 
<laughs> do, we need to, do we need to slash some tires? I mean, all the things come through your head because you're human and your heart is broken. And when you experience a person may not be evil for you to experience evil through that person. Yes. So I do believe that there are things that we encounter. It doesn't mean that the person is bad. They might just be broken. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean also that you have to bathe in that brokenness either. Mm -hmm. And there was a decision that I had to make, right? Like, You'll, when you, when you read Believe Bigger, you'll see what happened when we had a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I will say that I'm glad that we had this conversation at the airport near Homeland Security. <laughs> it was not just for his safety, but for the protection of my future, because I understand how women can snap. Mm -hmm. And it was nothing, literally nothing in Believe Bigger in the opening chapter. I believe it's the opening chapter. Um, I talk about the oak tree. And I look at that literally as the grace of God protecting me from myself, where I literally had almost like an out-of-body experience to the point where I felt like I was managing a case for a crisis management case for a client. Mm. Um, and so that grace covered me in driving to the airport, talking to the woman and at the airport where I'm sitting at a restaurant where there's knives on the table. So there is a such thing <laughs> as amazing, amazing grace. Today, I can laugh and I can smile because I have such joy, but it took me years. Oh. It took me years. And would I change it? Marshawn would change it because I never wanted to experience that. There are still things that I feel, you know, were introduced into my life in terms of distrust that I didn't have before that. So would I, would I like to have bypassed those things? Yes. But I understand now on the other side of how many lives have been changed, why that experience not only had to be so dramatic, but why I had to miss it, because I wouldn't have understood that my eyes weren't as spiritually attuned as they needed to be. I also didn't know that my life was out of sync because it was so successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when the, the day that the wedding, the day after the wedding was scheduled to take place, and I say scheduled as opposed to supposed to. There are many things that we schedule that were never supposed to happen. Yes. And this comes back to your original question of or point around there's so many things that people are dealing with when life crumbles. I call that disruption. The original subtitle for this book, the working subtitle was Embracing Disruption as the art of to reinvention, as the key to reinventing yourself. And disruption is God's primary classroom for pulling us into purpose. It's the primary classroom to pull us out of our, our formed identity and to shift us into our born identity. So reinvention really isn't about doing something new or becoming something new. It's about aligning with your original design. Mm -hmm. So you've always been, but you never knew. And I thought my identity was based off of accomplishment and success because that's where I got praise. I was a problem child growing up in Texas as a black girl in a white school and First time my teachers had had a black student in their class. So for me, it was like integration. And so that for me, like finding a place where I wasn't labeled as a problem. And I found, I found, um, I wouldn't say friendship, but I definitely found acceptance through accomplishment. Mm -hmm. It became my drug. So I'm thinking I'm doing what God wants of me. I am I'm in the, back in the day, I'm in the newspaper. <laughs> Some of you millennials don't know what that is or younger than millennials. You know, there's this paper that we used to be in for media, for social media. 
And so when you're, when that is your core identity, you don't even, and everyone is celebrating you, right? I signed this high paid defensive end. I'm on CNN. I'm on ESPN. I have Rolls Royce as my first corporate client. I'm in my 20s. I'm doing what I'm supposed to, and I'm giving God glory, right? I had this vision. I'm going to have the largest woman-owned sports agency that's faith-based, and we're going to have mass market success. I've always worked with big companies. And I was like, when the day after the wedding was scheduled to happen, I'm leaning up against this luxury vehicle that my then fiance had purchased me. And now I don't know how I'm going to afford because my business has been closed. I don't have any income coming in. I've got wedding bills for a wedding that didn't happen, a honeymoon, right? That I'm now asking my friend who's a, a travel agent, can you get the, I've never asked money back for anything. Mm-hmm. Like to have to ask was incredibly I'm brought to cry thinking about it. To be in that position, to be educated, Georgetown Law, to be educated, to be experienced, to be in a place where you feel like you have walked as straight and narrow of a path with God for the purpose of not leading others. And then this is my reward. If I had not had a real, real Holy Spirit, not religious, but a Holy Spirit relationship, I knew enough to know that my life was not my own and that God did love me. To, to I, I had to know that or else I was going to curse everything. Did you and feel forgotten? I didn't. I don't think I ever felt, I felt betrayed by God and I felt betrayed by people. Okay. But I didn't feel forgotten. And this is the part where I say when I knew my life was not my own, it was so dramatic. Like people get cheated on every day. Why is this hurting all of my friends and family? I've walked with my friends through infidelity before. Why is this so dramatic and so public? Why is it blowing up? When you know your life is not your own, you don't look at things as an attack. You have at least enough, little bit of sight to be able to see it as an invitation. Wow. And there was a little part of me that said, and this is what happened. So the day after the wedding, I'm going to get to it, Gina. I promise I haven't told this story in, in months. It's been a while. So. The day after, I'm leaning up against this car that he purchased for me. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. All these people had come to um, Atlanta for wedding week because they had their tickets. And they wanted, so instead of a rehearsal dinner, we had I Love Marshawn dinner at Puffy's mm-hmm. Restaurant, P. Diddy, where I used to do athlete events. Actually, I made the manager the most money he's ever made in wow. one night, more than when Diddy threw parties. Wow. That was a sign that income generation was a gift. Didn't know it yet then. (laughs) I have this conversation with God. I'm looking at everybody saying goodbye. It's about to get real lonely because now everyone's leaving. Everyone who came to hug me is now leaving. Mm -hmm. And I said, not in a woe is me. I said, God, why did this happen? And it wasn't a woe is me. It wasn't this pity thing. It was like, look, I need to have a, I don't care that I'm on the busiest street in Atlanta. I don't care that all these people are around. I need to have a moment with you. And he said, you're going to be able to change the lives of women like never before. Now, mind you, I was working with athletes. My first response was, couldn't you have sent me a memo? <laughs> my second response was, I don't like women. I don't like women. That's my second response. I don't like women. A woman just destroyed my life. The girls that I grew up with were kind of like these cliques. I didn't have girlfriends growing up. So I found comfort there. But there was something that captivated me. And I think the way that God responds to us, we really need to pay attention to his language. He said, you will be able to change the lives of women like never before. So if you will be able, it meant that my life, as successful as it seemed, was not ready. There was something 
that was deeper or, and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what God meant, but I knew he meant it. That one little whisper, it wasn't from a friend. It wasn't from a guru. It wasn't from a book. It wasn't from anywhere, but directly. Mm. That was the one morsel that I believe was the most important thing that I needed and could have received. And that's what I held on to, that there was something more. Now, I didn't rush in as many people make this mistake when things go bad in your life. We rush into teaching people when we haven't even gotten off the offer. We haven't even been sewn up yet. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I got into counseling. I went in twice a week, snot crying, mm-hmm. because it was the first time where I was like, I knew, again, my life is not, I don't want to end up back here. So I think that is so important for us to go through a process of actually working on not what happened to us, but how did I how did I create the situation? I didn't ask for this, but every person in your life you invite. Mm-hmm. So how did I, with all of these, how did I, and I didn't know I had insecurity from those whispers, you don't really want marriage. And so it made me more susceptible to proving that I could do it and probably missed all, not probably, I missed all the signs, but I had to miss the signs to now operate with a level of vision and discernment that I, that cannot be outsourced to anybody. So even your friends might tell you in your life, I saw it. And, you know, everyone sees it after it's over, right? Everyone has the courage now to speak up once you called it off mm-hmm. or once your heart was broken. But you need a level of discernment that nobody can see for you. Everyone had to miss it. It broke my dad. <laughs> it broke my family. It broke my mom. It, and, you know, I can fast forward to today that I'm married. I have an amazing husband who's out looking for a new home for us right now. And here's a great funny thing about God. I told you I was going to be a bonus mom to three kids. Well, last year in 2020, at the age of 40, in the middle of a pandemic, I'm pregnant with triplets and had three healthy babies. Wait, doesn't God have a sense of humor, right? Change the lives of women like never before. I thought I was going to be a boy mom. He gave me three girls and I could not have scripted this. And whatever you're going through right now, whoever is listening, whatever you're going through right now, you can't script it and you don't have to because God's a much better author. But he does require us to believe bigger than what we've been through. And that's why I wrote Believe Bigger. People look at it as kind of like a business catalyst, but it's literally just about stepping into who God made you to be. My landscape and playground like yours, Gina, has been the business world. I do believe that every woman has a massive empire inside of her. We just haven't been trained to understand and know that was our identity from the beginning. Wow, 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 wow. Be I mean, so many nuggets. I'm just gonna encourage everybody to like go back and read what you've just heard because I didn't want to interrupt your flow, but there were so many quotes and so many powerful nuggets, um, so much wisdom, so much depth. So usually, um, I don't know if you ever met Sean Stevenson, um, but he- Is the happiness? No, Acor. No, which Sean Stevenson? He had a rare condition and he was largely in a wheelchair. He was kind of like, they called him like the, the three foot giant. Okay. Um, and he, he passed away relatively recently anyway, oh, sorry. because of all of his physical ailments, um, and all the surgeries and all the things he's like, you know, pain, pain comes to everyone, physical, emotional, like what comes to everyone. It's the thing that you want to know when you're in that excruciating pain, you can even handle it for that moment. You just want to know how long is it going to last? How long is it going to last? And I think that, um, 
for so many people that might be in that place. And, and, and certainly I have been and you have been. It's like you said it took you years to heal. Do you think that it needed to take as long as it did? So God matures you before he moves you into your next season. And the first sign of maturity was asking for help. Mm-hmm. I think that the immaturity would have been trying to go help other people in the area that I didn't even know what had happened. And if I had tried to do that, I think I would still be broken. I, and I think there's a lot of people out here who say they're guides, teachers, leaders, and coaches when they're really just um, living from their brokenness and they haven't actually. Mm-hmm. And the way you know that is you see the transformation of other people. So. Healing is not a destination where, you know, I've arrived. It's not like a finish line. Mm-hmm. When I say it's taken me years, it, it still takes me moments where I have to recognize this is not that. Say more about that. So if I encounter somebody who has certain things that maybe remind me of not just my ex, but that season, mm-hmm. right? I had a management company that was managing me at the time, which that went down like that whole season. I didn't believe the sky was blue anymore. Mm. <laughs> so I had to have a complete trust reset of everything and, and pretty much everybody except my core family and my core friends. But even that showed me different things about friendships. When your life is disrupted, your life is disrupted. It's not a sign that you're doing something wrong. It's a sign that you're on a path to another level. Yep. But you've spent the most time where you've been. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be your familiar lens in the new space. So someone can come into your space and you're like, "Uh, nope, she's like that. I don't do that. Or you have these rules that you create. I talk about the rules and believe bigger and you can create, you can let go of old rules and not know that you've made new rules, new vows. I vow I'm never going to do that again. You hear it all the time. I'm never going to get married again. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to try. I'm never, I'm going to, so you, you, you overcompensate and I have a natural, natural propensity to control things. I'm an achiever. I'm an A type. I don't like to lose. So that's what I mean. I have to still judge things through a lens, but when it's so traumatic, it's just harder. So I have to be more intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I'll say about healing is the word about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not my expertise, but here's what I learned. The hardest thing about moving forward is looking at the past and it never making sense. Forgiveness doesn't mean that it makes sense. It doesn't mean that you are justifying the other person. And people say it's for you. It's not for them. We hear all of these things. And I'm like, okay, well, why can't I forgive? I still can't do this. Why? And no one has really honest conversations about, I found it easier for me to focus on a bigger vision. And, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So for me, for me, my spiritual blueprint written comes from the Bible. And when I hear that, there's a higher way and a better way than the way that I experienced that the person who gave it to me was just on a low road. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Instead of me focusing on what happened, I'm putting myself mentally and in a frequency of the low road. Trying to forgive in a low frequency doesn't happen. And even trying to pretend that you love the person, that's false. You're lying to yourself. (laughs) Instead, what does God have for you next? It helps to put it in context because now you've elevated into the higher way. 
And so I believe that vision is one of those secrets and one of the avenues that God uses to invite us to higher places and spaces. He will deal with that. You can bless them as best you can and trust that that's good enough for where you are right now. And that's how I healed. If you call it healing, I'm just on a journey, right? Like if I saw him today, I don't think I would key his car. <laughs> Actually, I know I wouldn't because yeah, I still am. You know, I I love what you're saying here because when I was in my dark night of the soul uh, season, there have been a few seasons, but like the the darkest one. Even though I have always had a relationship with the Lord and a, a strong faith, I defaulted to the psychological level rather than the spiritual one. And in that, I saw that like, it was already a painful situation. There was already trauma going on. There was already enough to deal with it. And I, from a psychological level, I self-manufactured even more pain from doing things like making mm. what was going on mean something that God didn't make, make it mean. It was my own conditioning. It was my own internalizing shame. It was my own feelings of insecurity that were like just becoming larger than life. And, you know, I'm not in that season anymore. And I just want for anyone listening to not like, yeah, you can't pull a flower open. It must blossom. And there is so much of a, this too shall pass. I think that what happens when these particularly these bigger, more dramatic events happen, they're never meant to take us down. They're only right. meant to us up. They're never meant to be the end. They're always meant to be the start of the new beginning. The new life is always better than the old. I don't think that there's enough of those messages really out there when those like winds of doubt and shame and pain and feeling like it's always going to be this way or you yeah. felt the traitor left behind. And so I think what you said is really powerful around not assigning meaning because this is this is the reason why rushing into now your story told purely will create the meaning for other people. Like people want to know about my fertility journey. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't feel it's time for me to talk about it, but I don't, what I, what God told me when I was pregnant, I started in the beginning and too many women had told me their stories of loss while I was caring. And I was like, I can't carry those stories. This is already an immaculate pregnancy to a certain extent. Like it is a God touched one in that sense. And I'm like three babies and I, I, I am a size two. How am I, how's my body going to do that? I couldn't take that. I couldn't. And he said, it's not your season to carry other, be a container for that. And he said, you just live. Hmm. It's a big enough testimony by itself. You don't have to try to create the meaning for other people. God actually doesn't need your help. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say, don't rush into, don't run from it. But don't rush into it. And I think this is part of maturity of being in the personal development space as a speaker. And since I was a teenager, so longevity, like when I, I was in this space, when we sent out VHS tapes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> VHS tapes, if you don't know what that is, Google it, you'll find an archive of something that will explain that too. So there's this fast microwave mentality on social now. I'm the guru. I have to have an explanation. I have to explain what's happened in my life so I can be the Socrates, I can be the philosopher, I can be the prophet, I can be whatever to other people, you can start to believe your own hype to the point where you actually block the actual opportunity for you to have a fresh encounter, a fresh reset, to have a rest, 
mm-hmm. and have a restoration that you actually need. And then it's dangerous for other people because they're feeding from a fake buffet that doesn't actually have the nutrients that they can actually grow from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, having been a former psychotherapist, I was never a believer in basically doing therapy on your audience, you know, while, while we're in it. And mm. for the woman silently suffering, just to know that every morsel is meant to nourish you. And it might feel like it's there to take you down or take you out. And especially when you read Marshawn's book, you you can't believe in any form of a dead end. You just can't even think that what you're in right now is going to be there forever. And that's what I really want women who are, I think, you know, whether they're majorly silently suffering or they're, you know, gotten a little caught up in frustrate little frustrations that have distracted them from really having the spiritual eyes. And like, I'm a big body, mind and spirit. You know, I work out every day. I'm a former psychotherapist. I'm all about the emotional, psychological realm as well. And not doing a spiritual bypass, but, but truly developing a spiritual connection so that you live this bigger, better life. You know, it's, um, my ways are not your ways, you know, and they are higher. And there's not enough of those messages out there, I think, to mm-hmm. reinforce, especially outside of the church. That's what one of the things yeah. we're so excited about your and mind connection, because it's like, how do you do business without prayer? <laughs> Anyways, you know, and if you start to like, just look at stats and statistics and launch metrics or whatever it's gonna suck the life out of you and uh and and god's just got doing it in like a lot of these masterminds especially the ones that i was a part of early on it's an interesting balance right because you can be all faith and and then your faith actually turns into fluff yeah Mm -hmm. at a certain point it's gonna turn fluff Mm -hmm. and the metrics you know what gets measured gets multiplied And that's maturing because then if you're really going to train up and disciple, help other people lead and walk into their best, you have to have a process and you need to know what you're doing, but you got to learn it first. So this this balance of the two, Mm -hmm. I found, you know, there was a time when I think it was closer to when my husband came into my life as my, my bae at the time where I stopped looking at the numbers. Now he's, it's funny, he's a psychotherapist. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've learned more about balance because of his professional training. Like I didn't understand how to not carry my client's stories with me to sleep. Sure. You all in the professional space learn dumping. There is no real true standard in coaching to learn properly how to interact with your clients. If you're only relying on your gut, then that can actually become dangerous to you because you've absorbed so much. Mm-hmm. And um but I, I've learned so much about asking better questions, the process, being direct, telling the truth. And his natural ability around that is just phenomenal. Um, and so I'm looking at you and it's, and it, it means so much that you said, you know, the things that you said about believe bigger, because I was laying on the couch of a therapist, right? And in the process, I read all of these books. And I remember when I was writing believe bigger, I said, I want to be there for the woman who is going through that same season and they're laying up on the couch in some therapist's office 
and maybe just need a little extra piece of support. And it was a book, um, I think it was by David G. Benner, but it was like the gift of being yourself, I think. Hmm. And I didn't know that you couldn't be yourself. I just didn't know it captivated. I think I read, I did. I read every book I could find. The books were super thin and it was like the biggest textbook. It was a better education than three years at Georgetown Law. Mm. And it was deeper, every piece of it. And it captivated. And the thing when you're going through disruption, as I, I would tell everyone, is don't go looking. First, go asking, asking of God, send it to me exactly what I need to see. And block me from the things that would be a distraction or that would cause me to relapse into my old self, even though you don't even know where your old self is yet. Mm. But that's the prayer to pray. Because mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the people, like there were certain people that I trusted. And I even had, I asked, show me the people that don't need to have close, because people were really mostly nosy. Mm. What happened? What did he do? Well, what? Because I didn't say, now I'm telling the story, but at the time I didn't, people guessed. Like, why would you call a wedding off that close? They guessed. I didn't tell anybody. Wow. And, but the people who were nosy, guys, like, they're not your inner circle. Mm-hmm. And those who did give me resources, it literally was helping to recreate the original blueprint of my life. That's what I want with Believe Bigger. That's what I want with all of my work. So it may or may not be, I believe one day, they all will be these huge bestsellers. But the standard of that cannot compare to the DMs where a woman says, I was about to commit suicide, but I got your book. Or I've been agnostic and I have never wanted a relationship with God, but the title drew me in and now I'm understanding my identity. Like the bestseller in heaven has a whole different standard, mm-hmm. just has a whole different standard. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate your words, but I'm just, I think that um, you say these messages aren't out there enough. There's not very many people like you that have this blended background, right? To understand. I think people need to come out of a hyper spiritual and not just a business practical, but even a psychological understanding of how the brain works and how the mind works and how it works together. So you're a great glue. It brings it together. Thank you for that. Thank you. And, you know, for anyone listening, it's interesting what Marshawn just said. And this is why it, like listening to podcasts like this and reading books like this like getting close to the the messages that are really fueling your soul because there's too many women walking around thinking that well there's I'm not that unique or I'm not that special or what's really different about me and when you're in sisterhood and connection and you're being mirrored like I don't know that I would have ever like come up with those beautiful words you just said you know and it's like it, it fuels the soul and when you're connected with people who are connected with God's spirit, you're, you're going to have that flow through you and fuel you so that you don't even, um, you know, we have the challenging seasons of our life and those are there for, for the disruption we've been talking about, but there, it's not meant to be chronic. We're not meant to chronically be struggling, constantly battling, insecurity, self-doubt, anxiety, depression, like any of that stuff. And so when you get yourself to a place where you can like fuel yourself on a regular basis, it will keep you spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, financially healthy, Mm -hmm. self-esteem healthy and on a regular basis. And yeah, so in the Bible, that's iron sharpening, right? As 
as so that's what's happening with us right mm-hmm. now, I think. You know, it says as one as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Yes. And I call it I've always called it sister sharpening because there's a different way. And most women suffer from iron deficiency, (laughs) not just in the physical, but actual. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference in being, environment does matter. Total environment, circle, it does matter. And what people say to you, regardless of whether they're related to you or you have a history of longevity with them, it does matter too. And sometimes the only way we can find ourselves is to have the mirror reflection of not being like someone, but someone who can see the version of us that is waiting to emerge, or they see what others don't because you're just looking through a different lens. There is a difference in being planted in dirt and soil. Same. You can grow things out of dirt. (laughs) You can grow things in dirt, but it doesn't mean that it's a nutrient rich environment. There are certain things that can only grow in soil because of the rich nature of what the environment holds that wouldn't even dare to plant itself in dirt. Mm -hmm. And many of us think that we are in soil. Many of us are in dirt. I've been, are you on the new clubhouse app yet? Mm -hmm. So I've, I've had a, I've had an interesting relationship with this app because I, I find that there is all of these clicks that have formed very, very fast. And that there is a lot of success without substance, not substance in terms of skill set, a lot of very successful people, some inflated success, but the spirit of destiny and eternity, I have yet to find in terms of it being um, a common thing. Every now and then I'll find a pocket of someone who's in that, in that true, truly in that space. And it's going to, for many people, look like soil, but it's really dirt. Now, you can get some stuff out of that, but is it going, for me, the thing for me in this this decade is I'm passionate about what I call EI, Eternity Impact. And it's what I'm looking forward in teaching about destiny development and gift uncovery and why those things are important because of the eternity impact, you can't be focused on eternity impact if you don't understand core identity. And if you don't understand that you actually are incredibly relevant, not just because of your success, but because you are a unique expression of an idea of God that is necessary for the impact on eternity, not just income. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my quiet time with God, I actually listened to my own audio book. I know it sounds odd, but I listened back to it. The book's on Audible. And I just heard God say, listen to what I already said through you. Mm. First thing he says to me this morning, he talks to me about leadership. I open up the, the, I just pick it up for wherever it left off. It's been months since first word out is divine leadership. <laughs> and the thing that I would say to everybody else who's in this space of, I don't see what it is I'm looking for. The thing that I said that was said through me back to myself was maybe the reason why you can't find it is because it's time for you to lead and create it. Yes. I was just going to say, I think you and I should have a separate conversation and and do something on Clubhouse together. Yeah. I'm just looking to connect with more women. I think, I think the success in business is key for people to see people who have been successful because there are, there's a different type of wisdom from someone who's done something and has a strong spiritual calibration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. But a lot of people were looking to others because of their bank accounts. This is this this is the pathway of deception. It's so simple. 
if we're looking at the bank account as the level of not just information, but when you say mentorship, it means someone is speaking into your life. Mm. Be careful who you call mentor. Because if they have a pint size level of spiritual capacity, but you're expecting a gallon, you're going to get the little that they have. And it may not even be enough for a drop that you need. Mm -hmm. So I just, that's my thing right now. I'm like, I see this and I'm like, I get the fascination with money, but I'm like, are we so desensitized spiritually that we don't even see a fresh spirit? Do we not see it? I'm back where I was in 2010. Do, Do we not see it? I think it might sound like it's a little easy for for women like us to talk about it. And it's like the money on one level is one of the biggest stories on the planet. But we also know that any form of lack is only the symptom. It's not the core. And, you know, the focus around money, it just, it's a little circa 2004, you know, it's, it's just, it's not what's happening in the collective culture. And I'm a big lover of money and I'm not, you know, as shy about about that at all. And so much of what I'm lit up about is empowering women through financial success mm-hmm. because of who they become in the process. Mm-hmm. Because that that was that was my story. It was it didn't take me further away from God. It actually drew me closer. Yeah. Found that for all the years that I was broke and struggling and in debt, there's nothing spiritual about that. There's right. nothing in nothing like holy. that. And and to the degree that I see so many women in this struggle and settling for so little and thinking that the biggest virtue in their life is how to stretch a dollar and and calling that being a good steward of money and like and all the warped messages. So I'm really lit up about that. But it's like it's the, such the stepping stone and not the destination. You Absolutely. know, the result of being spiritually aligned is abundance in every area, including financial for whatever, you know, is meant to just money is just a tool to fund your destiny. So whatever mm-hmm. amount is needed for your unique purpose that's why we require it, not for it to be the the holy grail. Absolutely. And as you were talking, it became even clearer. I guess I knew it, but I, I it became clearer that um, for even for me to have more grace around the absence of spiritual depth. Sometimes I don't think that maybe people feel it's on brand, right? For them to be able to incorporate that into their maybe business message. That's fine a lot of people use faith because it is, it sells well now. So I think that's dangerous too, Sure, but it's difficult for people to give from something that, that maybe they don't have yet too. The faith part, you mean? Yeah. The faith, the spiritual understanding or knowledge, or even just the understanding of how that comes with the mantle of success. But I'm listening, I'm thinking through some of the rooms I've sat through and I was just wondering, is there a fear around it? Is it off brand or is it, just not there. I don't know. And that that's actually giving me just more of a less judgmental approach to it as I was listening to you. It doesn't actually fully matter, but for just being the best that you can in terms of bringing space for people to learn more about what it is we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's just bothered me. Clubhouse has bothered me. I'm not going to lie. It's like, it's a lot of time. It takes up time from people. I don't know how people, I'm like, I just had three babies in six minutes. Maybe it's just me, but I don't know how people have time to be on there talking all day. And then also I'm like, but I'm listening and I'm hearing, but I'm not evolving and it's not worth my time if I'm not evolving from the inside out. If it's just information, I can Google. Right. 
Right. I don't know. I, I mean, for me, I haven't, I mean, I'm on it. I haven't been super active. I'm really That's probably why. excited to be, to be, I'm excited to, to be in this conversation. I'm yes. excited to expand more with mm. the conversation around faith and business. I'm passionate about creating a container for women of no faith in all faiths to have a place where if that's what they're seeking right now, where, where they can come to be around women who, you know, this it's not something new for them. That's good. I love that you said that because remember I said at the beginning, I said it was really lonely in the start mm -hmm. in 2010. And I think as I've been in that space, I'm like, man, is it going to be lonely again? What like, part? It's more acceptable now for sure. But in creating it, it's having these kinds of conversations, not having that many outside of leading them mm -hmm. and realizing there is a new, there are other women who have walked this journey and it's just being open, surrendered and like we're connected now. Mm -hmm. So there's, this is, this is beautiful, but there's more coming. Yes. For us, for all of us. Yeah. And, um, so it was a good reset. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little partial just because uh, for the whole for such a time as this element, since that's what my work mm -hmm. was founded on back in 2004 and before. But I really do believe that for such a time as this, yes. we've been talking about mm -hmm. that for a while. It's like everything had to happen, fall apart, the chaos, talk about disruption. I really believe for such a time as this. And, okay. you know, Esther was the star of this, that story. Like it is mm -hmm. like the age of queen is now. And we all are, have been prepared for such a time as this. And, you know, I'm just really glad God gave me like queen archetype and not monk. Cause I'm all about the castle and the royal robes. And being a benevolent leader and, and taking the risks and speaking up and re revealing and exposing who we really are. Um, and and there, there's just such a, such a tipping point moment, I believe, that's happening that the, the world has been waiting for women like us to not just make it okay for us to show up and shine our light in one way, but yeah. in other ways. And yeah. for to just be a few, oh, a star here, but for us all to be a star among stars, where we're recreating what it looks like to be safe as a powerful, glamorous, wealthy, successful, outspoken, educated woman. The Proverbs 31 woman in every way, every level. That's so good. I love the story of Esther. I'm so glad you said for such a time as it. I literally have um, holy bumps. I don't believe in gooses. They literally say goosebumps, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know how a goose fits in here. And one of the first, I mean, early on, I did a launch event for something I was, I don't remember, it was probably our speakers conference, Speak for Pay. And the first time I believe that I told my story that I told you today, mm -hmm. they talked about, and I had this whole thing planned that I, what I was going to say and the blueprint of how to do a launch and what your, your pain points and all. It all went out the window. I was crying through the thing. And I said, you know, this is not for speakers. This is really for messengers. And this is for us to awaken voices for such a time as this. And that was the name of the 
training for such a time as this. And so that was a sweet nudge from heaven of being reminded because there's so many things. It's like, where do we, we don't fit. We just walk in. Like there was no place for Esther to actually fit. The, she couldn't, you can just walk into the king's court. You don't fit. You just have to walk in. You have to go. And everywhere, I say this and believe bigger, a woman's place is anywhere God sends her and anywhere God sends her is holy ground. Mm-hmm. The reason she was safe and she was protected is because she was obedient and there was covering with her. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to hear that back today. Mm-hmm. He knew when you said that, and this is the mirroring that you were talking about, the mm-hmm. iron sharpening. So I'm supposed to be being interviewed. I just got therapy with Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And for every woman listening, the, the, the path to the Royal Road is not an ordinary one. She starts out being orphaned and yes. exiled. Yes. So that, you know, and that was God orchestrating so much so that she could be the one at like, it had to be a Jew that went to the king that said, this is who I am. Will you save us and our people? And, and for every woman listening, you have been prepared for such a time as this. And the message has to come through you in the way that only it can. So. I knew that this was going to happen, Marshawn, that I just want to talk to you for like days and days. And there's like no way that I could make this a normal podcast length. But before we wrap for today, because these conversations, I don't know, I think you and I are going to get on Clubhouse and keep it going. Change, we'll see. But you do such amazing work talking about helping women with their messages and speaking up and speaking out into the world. So why don't you share a little bit about what you do? And then we'll share all the ways that people can find you and get your book and sign up for your programs and all the good things. So kind. So um, my title is that of a reinvention strategist. I like to help people change what they, not change what they do, but change what they do so that they can be who they are. Right. And my core work is helping women to believe bigger and live bolder in the business world that shows up as owning your voice, figuring out what you're really here for. I believe in the profession of speaking still. I believe that everything that you do, whether it's online or offline is made stronger by being able to own your own authentic voice and to learn what I call a money message um, is how you transition that into being profitable. So I've helped world-class speakers to generate a world-class income and to build mass market platform through media, through corporate um, sponsorships and deals, and then also through traditional publishing. I only do books with traditional publishers. I don't self-publish at this time. And how to build a platform Through doing that so successfully, people asked me how I grew the business. So I entered into teaching coaching in 2015. And um, so I teach speakers and coaches how to build empires around their voice. And I'm looking forward, honestly, in this next season, really doubling all the way down into the message of both confidence and believing bigger. It is the thing that I want to be known for. It's the easiest, the best, and the most challenging thing I do all at the same time is teaching the mind of God. Mm. And um, so you asked me what I do. That's what I've done. It's what I love. But the thing that and you would probably say this too with your clients, they're successful, not because of the business that you teach them. It's the recalibration of their mind. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, I was like, well, why don't I just double down on that and deeper into it? So I don't know how to describe that just yet, but that's what I'm looking forward to in this next decade is being able to teach more of what I teach under behind the scenes as the main dish, if you will. Yes, yes, yes. Well, 
we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So yeah. that's how the transformation really does take place. And then it just sifts down into whatever form it's meant to take for, for each person. Well, so much more to come. Marshawn, give us what, where can we find you, follow you? What links should everyone get? So you can find me at marshawn.com and there's a free life class there. If you click the button that says start here, you can get a free life class called Manifest Miracles. I believe that manifestation is something that is actually by God's design. I think that Christ is actually the blueprint of manifestation. So I take a slightly different approach. And you can find these books we've been talking about, Believe Bigger, and also my newest devotional, 100 Days of Believing Bigger, um, at believebigger.com. You don't have, I have a copy sent to you. Thank you. I would love you didn't have this. I will, I thought you had that, not the actual book. So I was humbled you had the, the thick chick. The, <laughs> and, and the highlighting and all of it. Yes, yes, yes. So I will have a I will have a copy sent to you. But 100 Days of Believing Bigger it walks you through day in day out a scripture of the day, a lesson of the day, a powerful question of the day, um, and then a not just any prayer, but a believe bigger prayer where you begin to believe as you're praying and live as if what you've prayed has already happened. Ooh, shall we close with one of those? You want to close us out in a prayer? Sure. Pick a number between one and 100, and I'll just pick 22. 22. I love it. I heard the number 22 this morning, actually. That's twice today, maybe the third time today. Okay, 22. The title is it's on identity. Uh-huh. And the message is you are capable. Interestingly, I'll just read the first line. It says, our trust in God is not somehow separate from our belief in ourselves. To the contrary, <laughs> divine trust and self-belief are linked together by the umbilical cord of purpose. We cannot fulfill our destiny merely with one or the other. We need both. Mm. So the question, and I'll go right into the prayer because I think it's a good closing question, is how has self-doubt been holding you back? And I love when God does this because you just picked the number, right? Mm -hmm. What is the new story God is inviting you to write when it comes to your view of yourself? Remember we said you cannot, wow, God, you cannot script it. We don't have to because God writes a better story. <laughs> Just rewind to the beginning. If you, This happens every time. So this prayer as we close out, and I want to thank you again for having me and for this conversation. And I'm so glad to be connected with you in this season. Same, same, same. This prayer is, Lord, help me to shed all the negative beliefs and faulty thoughts about myself. I declare that I am who you say I am, regardless of what anyone else says or thinks, and regardless of my past. I am capable. I am wonderful. I am chosen. In Christ's name, amen. Oh, amen, amen, amen. Marshawn, you are just such a light, such a breath of fresh air, such clearly a soul sister. Thank you for your time. I know those three little beauties must be looking for you. And um, you've just been such a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Blessings to you. I look forward to our future. Yes, yes, yes. All right, my beautiful. I hope that you have loved this episode and it has been a blessing in your life. And if you could use a little extra love and support in sisterhood, I want to invite you to join me in my global community 
in the Audacity to be Queen free companion course. This is completely free. And when you go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity, you're going to get meditations. You're going to get videos. You're going to get workbooks. You're going to get Q&A call replays with me. It's just a whole bunch of positive programming completely for free. I want to make sure that you have this love in your life. So go get it now at divineliving.com forward slash audacity.